Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name is Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Coming to you on a Thursday. Josh, how you doing, my friend? What's going on? Doing well. They'll hear this on Monday, but yeah, that's when we're recording, right. recording it on right. Thursday today. Coming which, to I'll be you on a you, Monday. This week has gone so slow. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's only Thursday. It's felt like it's been six weeks already this week, yeah. and we still have a full day to go. Um, so there's that about this week. But other than that, I can't complain. Things are pretty good. How about you, Andrew? It's funny, man. You say the week's going slow. Yeah, by it was Tuesday night, and I was talking to my wife, and I'm like, Jana, we made it through the hardest part of our week. And she's like, what? But like, dude, Monday and Tuesday always feel like a slog. And a lot of that is because like my wife has counseling sessions on Tuesday. So like schedules are all crazy where I'm like stopping work early and jumping in and, you know, stuff happens later than normal. But yeah, literally Monday and Tuesday each week feel like a total slog. And then from there, it's like, okay, hardest part of the week is done, you know? So maybe front loading it is good. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, but I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, I have a cold, uh, so I might sound funky. Um, so I'll try not to squeak too much, but my voice sounds all wacky to me at least. So over here with hot tea and cough drops and uh, my heart is full and my head is also full of gunk. So, you know. Cold season. Um, apparently, when you stay home for a year and you're not around people, colds hit you a lot harder than when you get them all the time in a normal year. So that's where I'm at, dude. That is true. You should celebrate when it's gone from your family. Like, what's what's the go to thing that you that you want to like? How would you celebrate something like that? Hmm. Uh, public nudity for me would be the big one. Um, just, nice. you know, like finding nice. like a nice open field to run through, uh, nice. you know, naked. That'd probably be the biggest yeah. like personal celebration as a family. I think it has to be just a personal one. Maybe yeah. like, if you, if you did it as a family, like you're going to scar a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that's not, not well. that's not a family thing to no. do. No. Um, no, maybe just going out to, to like dinner at a restaurant together again. Cause our girls, yeah. even though they're little, they both do really well in restaurants. And like, man, my older one loves eating in restaurants because it's been like so much more nice. rare through all COVID, you know, and she's three now. Yeah. So she's like thinking about that. Like, I don't know. She loves eating food in restaurants. So yeah, keep it simple. Sure. I would streak. Uh, alone and then take the family out for a good dinner somewhere in person. Would you streak um, before that? Would you streak after that? <laughs> like, I, do you have a schedule set? I would I would carry a stereo blasting Eye of the Tiger while running through a field or subdivision uh, in the nude. A subdivision? Then, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And then, uh, then from there, I've actually never been streaking in my life, believe it or not. Uh, from there, you know, we'd transition into dinner and I don't know if anybody would know, you know, what my warm up was, but I would, I'd know why I was fired up. So, uh, 
<laughs> fired uh, up and a little bit cold. <laughs> fired up and a little chilly. Uh, it's been uh, frigid it's I'm picturing here, a field like, yeah. um, what's the name of that movie? Office Space, when he goes and beats yeah. up the uh, yes. fax machine or whatever, the copy machine. Um, <laughs> that's the field I'm picturing. Like Nice tall grass, uh, really frolicky. Huh? Yeah. Which I would Except assume if you're gonna as a as a man, I guess as a woman too, if you're gonna if you're gonna run through a field naked, you better frolic. You like, gotta frolic. Some hop to it. Like you want some movement. <laughs> That's the only totally, way man. Yeah, dude. What do what do you do to celebrate that's uh equally weird as this conversation has been? Uh how would you celebrate getting through uh the cold or COVID or you know? being promoted or one of the normal things people celebrate. What's your go-to? Uh, probably like your daughter. Like it'd be, I, I love going out and eating with at restaurants. One, I yeah. love food and just time with people, but right. Um, I buy things. It's probably what I celebrate the most with though. Like yeah. I go to my Amazon lists and be like, what can I buy to give myself a pat on the back? <laughs> and I just buy random, whatever things that I want to buy right now. You know what I'm super into right now? Am I super into? I'm looking to buy one, but I haven't actually bought one yet, so I'm not actually into it yet. But what, uh, like retro gaming devices? Oh, so like cool. you can get emulators on like things that look like the old Game Boy, and then play all the Nintendo oh, nice. games and Game Boy games. Or you can get like bigger nice. ones. They'll play like NES games. So like mm-hmm. you can go back and play Zelda, whatever Dude, the name of that one was, way the back Ocarina in the day. of Time or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah, or like the the Mario one where you like run around that land. Yeah, but I haven't sweet. pulled the trigger yet on it because it's like 250 bucks and you're like, is this going to be a 250 bucks project that I spend right. on and then I play it once and then I never look at it again? Right. <laughs> or is right. this going to be something that like, yeah, I can keep playing this because totally. the reality is I don't play a ton of video games as it is. So, right, um, right. Probably a bad purchase, but let's be honest, I'll eventually buy it. When you have the right occasion to celebrate, you know, like don't rush yeah, it, man. Save it, save it yeah. for something big, you know, like yeah, save it for something good. That's awesome. That's true. Well, good deal, like, man. I'm fasting right now, so I'm I'm already planning like what my first meal is going to be. Um, right, and he's like, right, you have to stagger it a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm, I already know like, I'm going to get this at this place. And you're like dreaming about it, and you're like, oh, right, this is going to be a good Dude, day. The first, as you bite. know. I'm still watching Survivor, and even last night, we're on season 20 now, which is a particularly good season. It's like some of the best people through the last, you know, through the whole show competing all together. It's called Heroes versus Villains, and it's been really good. But last night, my wife made this awesome chicken and dumplings with leftover roast chicken. I won't go too much into it because I know you're hungry, but it was a good meal, and I declared for like the fourth time in two weeks that this might be my first meal back from survivor if i were to have a survivor meal like first homemade meal and janice like you said that four times in the last week or two weeks and like we've been eating a lot of good food okay like (laughs) it's what i'm you're like well i plan on getting on survivor a lot so i need more yeah 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 i do they still make survivor is they still making new episodes Dude, there's a new season that I think just like the finale just came out or like or they're almost at the finale right now. We're not watching it live because, as you know, we have a we have a wait 10 years policy in our house for TV. It's uh, we don't watch anything that's not at least 10 years old, except for 
current day football and Jana loves to watch some of the bachelor or bachelorette shows every now including, and again. Um, yeah. And what Andrew's not telling you is that he also includes that into his TV selections. He only buys televisions that are at least 10 years old. Yeah. For tube, example, at his house only. here in Colorado, his TV, I'm pretty sure was 12 inches mounted to the wall. <laughs> so he had a, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the TV show, the office, you know, but, <laughs> very similar kind of TV. Uh, you got to get pretty close to it to be able to see anything. Uh, but you know, the Hannahs—that's how they rock. That's that's what they like, dude. That like was our downs- that was our little downstairs TV. But it had that was our DVD watching TV where we would occasionally watch like Harry Potter or some other DVD um, and have a little downstairs movie night. But yeah, that TV basically is tiny like that. We still have that somewhere. Uh, in this house, actually, but yeah, it's tiny. In comparison tiny to me, TV. I own like five or six televisions, so um, that's just kind of how I roll. And most of them we've are relatively new. Yeah, yeah, we've got three. They're all ten. Every plus single years one old. of my rooms <laughs> have a TV, <laughs> and my then I have two to... TVs that are still in their box under my bed. <laughs> Our TV is like above our fireplace, but on top of the fireplace mantle, there's like space where you can put candles. And our TV has been burned quite a number of times at this. So like the screen isn't messed up, but the very bottom of the TV, because it's like mounted on the wall, very bottom of the TV is like curvy, you know, where it's been like heated up and the plastic's (laughs) melted. (laughs) I keep giving Janet a hard time. Like you trying to set our TV on fire? What's going on? But it's not an expensive TV anyway. So worst comes to worst, we'll just buy a new uh, 20-year-old TV and we're good to go. Yeah. I uh, I had a candle lit downstairs. I don't know. It's some Maybe it was last week. But the, there was a plastic plant sitting above it and I melted the plastic plant. Um, I was like, oops. Wow, whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Well, dude, now that we're uh, 10 minutes in, what are we doing? We we finished a series. Um, what's going on? Like, are we just talking streaking and burning TVs, or what? What's yeah. the content? I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I thinking today would be really good to like. What's the best way to streak? Um, like, do you go full on out? Like, in terms of like, don't cover your face. Let people know who you are. Or do you do you cover your face? You feel more confident. I don't. It's really up to you, I guess. But it's probably probably worth taking the time, just in case of the opportunity ever arises where you need to go streaking. You know, you gotta stay like, safe ahead of time. So, this is how I'm gonna do it. KN95 mask. That's my only uniform <laughs> and track shoes. You know, some yeah. good some good running shoes. But yeah, up to that's you know yeah, the mask kind of hides shoes. identity a little bit. But you need shoes. That's the. You need it. Definitely want cheese. Well, and it's one of those things too now, like when you're like 15, 16 doing it, like it's funny. Everyone laughs. They're like, ha ha, he's streaking. But when you do it at our age, I think it's just a crime. Like, I think they just arrest you. Like, it's not funny. Like, they're just like, this poor overweight man is running across the field and he needs to be tackled and arrested. Um, So it's just not as, it's just not the same. I think we missed our opportunity to go streaking. Uh, yeah, but if you're still at that age, like streak away, have fun at it, um, enjoy yourself, just not too much that it becomes an issue. But 
you know, why not have fun? There's a lot of things that you're like, man, I wish I did as a teenager when it was still acceptable. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> when you, yeah, not when you can't blame, you know, my brain's not developed yet. Can't, can't do that anymore. Exactly. Exactly. No, no, we, we finished up our last series. We went through the the basics of just basics tenets of our faith, basic theology of, of Christianity. Uh, if you missed it, go back. We, we talked through the Trinity. We talked through salvation. We talked through humanity. We talked through the church uh, in the last two episodes. Uh, yep. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, lots of great, inf- helpful information in there. And I know Andrew and I benefited from it too. So yeah. uh, if it, we benefit from it, we assume, shoot, others are going to benefit from it. And that's kind of our... our True our judge of success mm-hmm. when we finish up one. But this series, we're starting a new one. And we'll be honest with you, we don't have a name for it. Uh, we're trying to like throw around whatever and try to be fancy. But they're just like, they're, they're sayings that you hear Christians say. They're sayings that you see in scripture um, yeah. that people just kind of like throw out uh, out there. And you just got to be like, what does that really mean? Things like, you know, be the salt and the light, which, you know, good good christianese terminology or things that jesus said um that maybe if you don't have context could be a little bit confusing on on how do you actually practice those things um so that's kind of what we're gonna go through we'll probably i don't know how long this will go we'll go for a while and then we may have another series already in the hopper which for us big deal because we don't plan that far ahead Um, right that's a win so we'll we'll go into pithy sayings and, and this week we're talking about uh turning the other cheek and Turn I'll be cheek. honest with you, when I hear the, yeah, when I hear the word cheek, I own, well, I shouldn't say only, I 98% think about cheeks. So that's I knew just you were going to say that. I, when Elise said turn the other cheek, I'm like, how long till Josh brings up butt cheeks? That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It's, uh, it's a funnier cheek. I'm just, just saying. It's much like, funnier cheek. Face yeah. cheeks are just face cheeks. Like, right. That's not funny. Right. And reading what Jesus said, like, you could apply it to butts. You know, someone hits you in one butt cheek, turn to them the other butt cheek. Oh my gosh. Uh, I think that, I think it still applies. The principle works. Uh, but hey, Andrew, you want to read kind of where Jesus said this? Uh, yeah. And then we can kind of dive into our first thoughts. This might be in the Bible a couple times because it's part of the Sermon on the Mount, but Matthew 5, 38 is where I'm starting. It says, you have heard it said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth But I say to you, do not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anybody wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow borrow from you. So I'll stop there. That's through verse 42. But this idea of, of don't do the minimum, right, uh, is one way to look at it of like, if you get hit in one cheek, turn and and offer the other. If you have to walk a mile, which I've been in church a long time and I heard somebody preach about that. And it was like Roman soldiers would make people carry their stuff, um, their heavy gear a mile. And it's like, it was hard, you know? So it's like, if that happens, uh, if your conqueror makes you carry his heavy stuff a mile, do two miles. Like do the hard thing and lean into it and do it as as an expression of like something's different about that person. So anyway, what what comes to mind with that idea of like whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. What do you think, man? Yeah. 
Um, easy said, harder to do. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's it's the human the human condition to for us to defend ourselves, and I think this is why this is so countercultural to to what um, to what was going on at the time. But like, it's not um, like this this idea. I, I think is like embedded in the character of God. Like this is just who he is. Like you look at who he is and how he interacted with with humanity throughout the ages. Like this is what he practiced. Um, but like we see it in Proverbs. Um, there's a proverb. What is it like? Something like you know, if you're, it's talking about your enemy, but it's something like if your if your enemy is naked or he's thirsty, give him a drink, kind of thing. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. It might not be naked. I don't remember. But there's a proverb about the. We'll find it and we'll post it in the show notes. But. Um, so like it, it's always been around. We see some of these principles with with um, some of the Jews um, throughout different ages, but you know at this point, you know Jesus started that whole conversation with you know you've heard it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, which is yeah. you know he's quoting scripture there. It was a command of the Israelites during those times, but um, and you know things have shifted and changed that we're we're now at a different place, and part of that I think is because yeah. like we have a different connection with God. So we have the ability to, to persevere and endure, um, at a, at a higher level than we ever were without Jesus, you know, the, the spirit, you know, being a part of who we are. Um, so I think there's that too, but, um, Andrew, like, do you have a story that comes to mind where you had to practice this, whether you were successful or failed at it? Oh man. Um, I don't know that I have a great story of, turn the other cheek. I have a good story of the opposite. Uh, (laughs) um, When I was a kid, I remember uh, inverting the golden rule, rule, you know, like do unto others what you would have them do unto yourself. And I remember my, one of my like neighborhood friends hit me uh, and I hit him back and we got in a fight. And when I was explaining it to my mom, uh, I justified it to her because I said, <laughs> I said, Levi wanted to be hit. So I hit him and she's like, what are you talking about? I says, I said, like, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He hit me. So he obviously wanted to be hit. <laughs> and I like totally flipped it and i was like six you know or seven maybe that's pretty good it's impressive yeah but i but i remember that distinctly because it was one of those moments where i was like sure that i was right i'm like i can get away with anything if i just have this the other people do it to me first you know but uh but that's kind of the opposite right like that eye for an eye tooth for a tooth was that it was like you know that in that Old Testament time, more agrarian, like different experience of of who God is, are not as personal of an experience of who God is in general. It was like, man, yeah. if if Moses, your brother, gets killed by a tribe of people, then your response should be go to go back and kill one of their own. It's like like kind reparations, you know, not that like. You you hit me, so I come back and kill your whole family. Not that over and above, but that like kind. Like you did wrong at yeah. this level, so I'm going to wrong you at that yeah. exact same level right back because that's what you deserve. Yeah, that's justice. You know, um, 
I think when, when Jesus comes in, he starts to unpack this idea of grace and forgiveness, forgiveness that's not yeah. tied to the sacrifice of an animal person, you know, like, okay, that sin was a small one. That's a pigeon that you have to sacrifice. That was a big one. That's a whole cow, you know, like not, not sacrifice in that kind, but grace and like Jesus saying, I'm going to, I'm going to be the ultimate sacrificial lamb. I'm going to take your sin up on me. And in that way, all your sin going forward, when you turn to me, when you confess and repent of it, um, it's wiped. Like it's, it's gone. It's grace. You don't deserve forgiveness, but you get it. Like it's the gift of God. It's a mystery of God to say, how could you forgive this? But through Jesus, it's possible. So this idea of grace, I think, maybe this teaching is is a way to start to be ready for that, you know, because it's not, I, I don't think Jesus is saying when, when somebody strikes you on the right cheek, make him feel really bad uh, by turning the other cheek to him. But it's like, contain your desire for justice and do something countercultural in that moment that you might look different and maybe have the chance to even speak about why you're living the way you're living. I think that's that's what comes to mind for me is that that story of when I was little and twisted all this stuff around uh, into a fist fight <laughs> that I was certain he deserved. And then that that idea of grace that's maybe underneath this is like it's a chance for followers of Christ to look shockingly different than than the normal and have that chance to like one stuff down there their desires our desires and urges to to make things right right away or to get justice like to push that down and say no like i'm gonna look past this deed and i'm gonna react differently than you think i'm gonna react and i'm gonna do that uh in a humble way but a real way so that maybe you can see like there's something different about this person. Like I just hit them <laughs> physically. They turned the other side to me and, and offered it too. what the heck is that about? You know? So what do you think, man? Yeah. Any stories? No, great. I think you? too, like, uh, probably not any stories that I didn't choose to punch back, but, um, I never really gotten like physical fights as a child either. So, um, all my fights are with words. And I just learned how to dress people down with my words. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't think of any stories specifically. I, I should have. And then you started talking and it like triggered other things in my head. So I stopped thinking about it. So I apologize. But um, I, I think too, like I, I kind of going on the same lines where you're talking about grace. I, I think the better we understand the grace that was shown us, the more likely we're, we're to practice this principle of turning the other cheek. Um, like I think of, um, the parable Jesus tells about the, the men that, um, or the dude that he, uh, the owner forgives his, or not the owner, but the debt collector forgives his sin. And then he goes out and like chokes a dude because um, yes. he owed him money. You're like, yeah, he didn't fully understand what owed him way less him. money, like much yeah. smaller scale. So he turned yeah. around and did something, you know, stupid. But if he fully embraced and understood the weight of what was done for him that, you know, he's forgiven and, you know, his family wasn't, you know, thrown into debtor's prison kind of thing, um, that he would have had a more grace for those around him. At least we would hope that would be the case. 
Um, but like, I think too, it, it's so countercultural because this is how, um, our society works, right? This is how we even parent. Like you do something bad and there's a consequence to the action. So when people do something bad to us, we assume there has to be a consequence to their action. Um, and if it's not coming on its own, I'm going to force the consequence to happen. Um, so I think there's that piece of like, we're, we're constantly being taught this thing. So that's, that's why it's so countercultural um, to, to this idea of how do we actually live in grace and choose to forgive um, without, you know, reacting, without punching back, without creating, you know, some whatever consequences, because we all do it. Maybe you're not a puncher, you know, you know, someone har- harms you and your response isn't to get angry and punch them. Your response is to get angry and, and, you know, start talking crap behind their back or um, to get others, you know, against them. So you go, you know, on the, uh, 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 offensive in that way. Like there's plenty of ways that us as Christians do these kinds of stupid things and cause so much harm to relationship. And because essentially that's what's happening, right? Like it's, it's harm to relationship. We're, we're not living the, the, the primary law that God has given us, love God, love people. We're not loving people anymore. Um, and, and I think that's a piece that, that we start to, um, I think that's a thing that we don't spend enough time thinking about in terms of how are my actions going to harm this relationship? Um, you know, we should be constantly looking to live in harmony with one another as, as Jesus commands, as Paul tells us. Um, but this idea of like turning the other cheek, like we find it through Paul's writings. Like he, he talks about this idea in Romans. He talks about this idea. Uh, I want to say Corinthians, but I don't think it is. What did I just read recently? Oh, uh, Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. Um, like these ideas show up and I'll, I'll, as I talk, I'll Google and I'll find these verses, but, um, like this idea of turning the other cheek or like not, uh, repaying evil with evil. Um, like it's so important to the Christian, um, character that, that, you know, Paul talks about it over and over again. Uh, first Corinthians five fifteen. um, see that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after which is good, uh, for, uh, one another and for all people. Um, then again, in Romans, never pay evil back for evil to anyone. You've probably heard these verses. Respect the right in the sight of all men. Um, oh, even in Peter, Peter talks about in Peter 3, um, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead for we are all called the very purpose uh, that we might inherit a blessing. Um, I don't know what version this is. Sorry, but um, like, like it, it's enough of a principle that multiple apostles talked about it. Jesus put it inside of, you know, his infamous sermon on the Mount, which probably didn't happen in one moment in time in the sake of history, but that's how we, we worded it all together. Um, but it was, a, it was important enough for Matthew here to record it in this way. Um, whichever, is it Luke? I think it's Luke and not John that also has the sermon on the Mount and it's recorded there too. Um, so like, it, it's an important principle for us. And like Andrew, you know, hinted to there, like it's so, um, it speaks volume to our testimony for who God is and our ability to restrain and be self-discipline in those moments because of who God is in our lives. Um, not on our own power or will, but, but on God's power and will, um, in those moments. And I, I think, I think it'd probably be helpful too, Andrew, like if we went like practically, like how do we practically do these things? Um, and I have a couple of thoughts, but I'll hand it over to you first. 
Um, sorry, cough drop. Trying not to to make too much weird noise. Um, <clears throat> practically, one thing for me is that <laughs> I've noticed. Maybe in parenting, that's a good example or a good way to learn this is that when I'm angry and I say the first thing out of anger that that comes to my mind, um, it's never helpful. <laughs> it's like if if my daughter's being crazy and won't lay down to bed to go to sleep, if I stand up and shout, it's time to sleep right now like as loud as I can, that doesn't help. It doesn't help relationship. It might make her scared. It doesn't actually help with anything around going to sleep. Um, it's like, it's an anger response. You know, if I let myself get angry and that's on like a small scale day-to-day thing, but, but anytime I use those first words out of anger, um, they're, they're never helpful. You know, it might make me feel better for like, 30 seconds until I realize, oh shoot, that wasn't actually good. Um, but in the same way, like, I don't think, I think following Christ is always better for you <laughs> too. Like, and I don't mean accolades or anything like that. I just mean that the way Christ walked and the example he led and the things he taught, like, if we live them out, it's we're going to have better lives, like, more fulfilled less uh, challenging, less angst-filled lives. So in this, it's like, man, if somebody makes you walk one mile, like if, okay, if a Roman soldier grabbed me and said, okay, you're under me, so you have to carry this heavy stuff one mile, Andrew, because that's what the law says I can do uh, with no recompense. Like you just have to do that. Um I I would, but I'd probably, my first reaction would be to like grumble, do a bad job, walk slower than, than he wanted, be like passive aggressive about it. Of like, yeah, I'll do that minimum, but I'm going to do it real terribly. So you never <laughs> do this again. I'm going to grumble and try to slip in some insults, you know, whatever. Like that might be the the natural reaction. But in that moment, if if you take on an attitude of like, I get to carry this for you. Like, I'm all about that. Let's go two. Let's walk three miles. Like, let's, I'm going to actually help you out with this. You know, like, I don't know, makes you feel a lot better. <laughs> like, might not change the reality that you're carrying some heavy stuff for somebody else for a while, but it, that perspective shift at a minimum is going to help you. Uh, it is going to help me. And I know that's a fictitious example, but bringing it back to real life, like in those moments where I start to be angry in my parenting um, or feel fed up with something at my job or frustrated or angry with something in family, like anytime I start to feel that rise, um, this, this like goofy uh, picture comes to my mind from one of my old bosses. She told me that her grandpa super Syrian guy because they're Syrian, but uh, thick accent. He would always say, imagine you're a giraffe when you're angry and that those words that start coming out of your throat have to go all the way up your neck, like the long neck. Take your time with what you're going to say when you're angry. Uh, Because the key was 
once it's said, you can't take it back. But imagine it takes a long time to get up there, actually think about it, and then say something. And that image comes to mind often for me, probably because we talk about giraffes and animals a lot in this house with a three-year-old. But uh, yeah, man, like speak slowly, you know? In James, it says, um, be quick to listen and slow to speak for the anger of man does not lead to the righteousness of God. Um, That's somewhere in James 1, I think. Um, But it's, it's like, take your time in that angry moment um, and speak slowly. And, and there's some other examples that I could go to of like real life adult stuff that's happened recently. But that restraint, I think, helps a lot because then you have time to actually think about like, what am I going to say? And is it just serving me uh, to be angry and to put somebody else down in this moment? Or is it actually like what I really mean? Uh, that I can say a little better in a way that gives them the benefit of the doubt still, even though I'm angry with them, you know, like the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. So all I'm trying to say is when you get angry, slow down before you speak, if you can, And, and I'm not perfect at that, but go slow because the things that you say in that moment, you can't take back. And it's a lot better if you don't have to try to apologize uh, for something you said when you're angry, then to just pause for yeah. a minute, be wise mm-hmm. and react better. Yeah, no, that's good. And like walking away, physically walking away is an okay response to, to that solution or to that yeah. problem. Sorry. Um, like, you know, I, I think it's worth sitting down and this is good of all practices of life, but sitting down and figuring out how you're going to handle it ahead of time. So when you get into the yeah. midst of it, it's like practice makes perfect, right? So when you get in the midst of it, you just yeah. naturally do those kinds of things. Um, like it's easier easier that way. But um, yeah, I think all the things Angie said are, are, are great um, great tidbits and great advice to, to live by, um, to be able to live out this, this principle um, or this command that, that Jesus gives us to turn the other cheek. Um, you know, not a lot of harm in most situations is going to happen if you take some time before you respond. Like you get that text message, it just boils your blood and you're like, I'm going to freaking let them have it. Um, or I'm gonna let her have it. Uh, right. Taking some time typically, you know, uh, always fixes things. And even if you have to say that, like you're not in a situation where you can just walk away, you can just say, Hey, can give me a moment? Like I want to respond in in a way that's going to be helpful to this conversation. And right now I, I, I don't have anything in my head that's going to be helpful. Yeah. It's only going to cause harm, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's a practice of, yeah. of, of limiting our pride, right? Like that's really what's at, at, at play here. When we feel like we've been wronged in some way, it's our pride. That's like, well, I'm going to freaking show you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's plenty, yeah. you know, we all experience these things and all of us have failed at it. All of us have been successful at it. Like it all comes, comes with the territory. And, you know, I was, I was thinking of a, an example, like, what happens when we do practice these things like can harm still like does it work out in the end for lack of a better term like and i've talked about this briefly in in previous and i won't get into super detail but like my last church you know job you know we parted ways uh not by well i was leaving anyways but um, we parted ways much quicker than i i was planning on um and it wasn't my decision to leave uh in that moment at least and you know 
the spin machine took off after the fact um, and created a narrative that wasn't necessarily true um, that came out of that. Um, and I could have defended myself. I had all the evidence to defend myself. Um, like I, you know, I keep everything. I have all the text messages and voicemails and emails and, um, you know, recorded conversations. We have all those things. Um, but in the moment I just felt like, it, like I don't need to defend myself. Like it, who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's we're moving on. Um, and you know, now years later, I'm able to say like, it worked out. There may be people that still believe the spin. I don't know. Don't really care either. It doesn't affect my life. Right. Um, and hopefully it doesn't affect theirs, but um, for the most part, you know, the relationships that needed to stay intact are still intact and they're great and they're thriving. Um, yeah. you know, my life was doing great. Like I can't complain about what's going on, uh, in life. Like it, it does work out in the end when we just choose to, to live this life the way that Jesus is calling us to live it, um, uh, as hard as that may be in the moment, um, that you want to do something or you want to defend yourself or you want to yeah. punch back or you want to, to cause harm because they caused you harm. Like it feels good. Sure. Maybe in the moment, if you're like, I got vind- you know, vindicated, but in the end, yeah. like it's, it's not ours to take and usually it causes a lot more harm to ourselves. So if you just want to take it from a selfish perspective, it's going to cause a lot more harm to yourself. If you don't choose to forgive and move on, if you don't, if you don't, uh, uh, if you choose to, to react and, and respond back in a negative way, it's going to hurt. It's going to do a lot more harm to you, um, than, than the person that you're doing it to in, in all honesty. Um, so like, keep that in mind, even for your own selfishness, like it's better to do this. Like God's very clear. And I don't, I'm going to quote this verse, but I don't actually know where it's from. I'll have to Google it and put it in the show notes, but you know, God says vengeance is mine. Or yep. it says, you know, vengeance is the Lord's, you know, vengeance is, is mine declares the Lord. That's right. Um, so don't, don't get into the, it's old Testament somewhere, but don't get into, um, don't get into the game of taking something that's God's responsibility. It's yes. not your responsibility. Yep. Um, and don't get into the game too of like, well, God's going to take a vengeance. So I'm just going to wait here and sit here and, 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 uh, steam until that happens. Cause then you're just going to get bitter <laughs> that's right. and angry. That's um, right. Because it's probably not going to come as fast as you want it to come. It's definitely not going to come in the way that you want it to come. Um, like, God's going to show grace to them just as much as he shows grace to you. Yep. Um, so, you know, learn to forgive and move on because it's the healthiest thing for you as a human being, and as a follower of Jesus that can do like, let it go. It's probably not that big a deal in the first place. Yeah. Life will yeah. go on. Things will get better. Not that big of a deal. Um, and you know, keep those things in mind. So from my own experience, I know things get better. Shoot. My life is a thousand yep. times better in so many different ways than yep. it was when I was still part of, of, of that group of people. But, um, you know, uh, follow Jesus as Jesus is led. And, and if you struggle with these things and you find yourself constantly going to like Andrew said, like the anger piece, and that's how you want to respond, like have that conversation with God, figure out why, um, yep. what about those things are triggering you? What are things you need to talk about? Is there a past hurt? Um, or is there, you know, sin that's going on that you need to deal with, with Jesus, you know, deal with him. He's more than capable and more than loving to, to walk yeah. with you through those things too. Like, uh, don't let things fester. It's not, it's not, it's not good for your life and it's definitely not good for the lives of those around you. Yeah. Festering is never good. And let me, I know I got to go in just a couple minutes. Sorry about that, Josh. I know this is a little shorter than normal, but, um, let me just say like, if, if you hear, this is like the stuff Christians say or pithy sayings, you know, series. And if you hear somebody saying this as like a means of justifying continued, abuses, you know, 
that's very different. So, so the few yeah. principles Josh and I have laid out is like, I hope in line with a healthy way to understand this idea of turn the other cheek. Um, there are unhealthy ways to look at it. And there are, of course, people who have used principles like this to do wrong to people, you know, but, yeah. but through the, the vein that we just talked about through the lens, we just talked about of like this idea of being able to use that for a, a, a moment of testimony of like, wow, that was so different. That was totally not what I saw coming using uh, a control of like, I'm not going to let my anger response or my pride response determine my actions in this moment. That's something that sharpens you. And then that, that I, the forgiveness and, and the grace that's involved there, that's something that is going to take your relationship with the Lord deeper because you're starting to live it out in, in different avenues. You know, you're starting to understand these yeah. concepts in new ways and show it through your actions. So if you hear somebody saying that turn the other cheek is a means to like justify, I, I keep doing wrong things to you. So just turn the other cheek. I don't think that's what the Bible yeah. means. Uh, and I don't think that's what Josh thinks it means, but uh, people do say this, like turn the, I just turned the other cheek, you know? And it's like, that's a yeah. saying people would say, and, and I hope this has been like a, a healthy way to understand that um, as we we've talked about it. I'm sure. We didn't get to all of yeah. it, but I, but I think that was a good first attempt. That's for sure. Yeah. And I would add to that too. Like Jesus isn't saying stay in un- unsafe situations. Right. Like if you know you, if you're in an abusive relationship, it is 100 percent right. okay to get away from that relationship, whether it's for for season uh, for a season or forever, depending on the situation. Like don't like don't sit there as a as a spouse and think, oh my, you know, spouse keeps hitting me. I'm just going to keep turning the other cheek. Absolutely not. Get out of it. Um, Jesus is 100 percent okay with that. Like your safety matters. Um, if you're in a um, gaslighting situation, um, if they're manipulating in some way, it's 100% acceptable to get away from those things. Don't respond. Don't try to cause harm because you're trying to defend yourself. That's the point of what Jesus is trying to say. Like, don't right. take vengeance, um, but it's 100% okay to get away and, and keep yourself safe or keep your loved ones safe or keep those around you safe. Like, don't give advice of like, you know. You know, go right back into it. He's still your husband. Right. You're like, no, right. he's an asshole of a husband and needs to learn something. It's okay to walk away for for a season um, until things are figured out. Like, make sure you're always in those safe places. Now, don't use your safety as a as a crutch the other way either. Of like, I'm gonna leave everything because I need to be safe, and this is just a not emotionally safe place for me. Like, make sure people are speaking into these things with you, and someone's walking with you. Don't. Don't try to do things on our own because we talked about this a few weeks ago. Everybody's selfish, including ourselves, and we're going to make decisions that are selfish in nature. Um, so make sure that, that we have people around us that can speak truth into our lives um, when we're living in those places of selfishness and justified all these things in our heads so we think we're in the good when all reality we've we've walked away from, from what is right and what is good um, a while back. Um, so yeah, I think those are last thoughts. Turn the other cheek. We'll keep working through these. We have things like love your neighbor as yourself. What the heck does that mean? How do I do it? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. What the heck was Jesus talking about? Um, everyone who drinks this water will never thirst again. Never seen that water, at least in the physical sense. Um, yeah, you must be (laughs) born again. Yeah. All these weird things Christians say, uh, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That's a that's an image for your head. How do you fish for mm-hmm. people? Um, and then be the salt and the light. 
um, and all these fun things. So we're going to try to cover a lot of these over the next few weeks. Keep coming back and hanging out with us. Um, as always, it is good to see you, Andrew, my friend. I'm sorry you're sick and not feeling well. Um, but I'll be praying for a quick, speedy recovery here and out. But for everyone else listening, we love you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See y'all. Bye, Josh. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.